This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Hello, it's Friday the 12th of January. I'm Miranda Sawyer, and sadly, my accounting software doesn't have any glitches. Welcome back to Papercuts, the modern newspaper review, where we put the UK press all together in one stuffy classroom, set them some work, and then, you know, mark it. Who are the boring swats of the press? The Guardian. Who are the argumentative know-it-alls? That'll be the mail. Who are only here to make the whole class laugh? The star! Hey! Yay! We're out every weekday, Monday to Friday, so why not subscribe and you'll never miss an episode. Now, here are the headlines for today's show. Overnight bomb attack. The US and the UK bomb Houthi rebel military locations in Yemen. Cheap but intense. Latest Airbnb bargain is indoors but under canvas. And Instascam. Bargains you find while doom scrolling aren't quite what they seem. Shocker. Welcome to Paper Cuts. We read the papers so you don't have to. Thanks for joining us on Paper Cuts, where the paps have got the shots and the subs are ready to pun. I'm Miranda Sawyer, and with me today is New Statesman columnist and pretty good general election date predictor, it's John Elledge. Hi, John. I don't want to worry anyone, but I don't think it's going to be for bloody ages. <laughs> I know. And also with us is stand-up comedian and pretty good football score predictor, it's Athena Kubleno. Hello, Athena. Hello, but I should be clear about the fact I predict the wrong scores. So always, <laughs> always expect the opposite of what I say. Bet against you. Against me. <laughs> I'm like that with election results. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. So what have we got on the front pages today? John, what do you have? So it's a pretty, it's a pretty bleak day out there. Uh, the eye has UK prepares airstrikes on Yemen rebels to protect food shipping. Uh, we should also say that all these are now out of date. This mm. all happened overnight. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Uh, the Times, similarly, airstrikes on Houthis after strife in Red Sea. Uh, also, in the bricks and mortar supplement, uh, how I added £180,000 to the value of my flat, mm. presumably by continuing to be alive. Yes, exactly. When... By buying a flat and, and then not doing there. anything. Yeah. Just sitting there. <laughs> The Guardian has Britain and US poised to launch strikes against Houthis in Yemen. Again, a bit out of date there. Uh, lastly, the Telegraph, US and UK prepare strikes on Houthi rebel bases. Uh, next to that, though, there's a lovely, lovely picture of Fraser Nelson doing mm. his thing. A strong Ofsted is vital in school truancy fights. Fraser Nelson, as ever, with all the big stories. Yeah, and also very wrong. <laughs> Okay, Athena, what do you have? What, uh, what have I got? The Daily Mail is leading with the attack on Yemen. Britain's blitz on the Houthis after a late night cabinet meeting. Uh, Britain strikes back. Uh, the Mirror uh, covering the same story with an incredibly unoriginal headline, but incredibly unoriginal intervention by the Americans and Britain. So there you go. Um, and The Sun has the story of the day. Kyle Lovechild number two mm. revealed why wife wants to divorce city star Walker. I think we yes. can return to this in a little bit. We will have to. Yeah. We will have to. It's irresistible. Um, and the star leads with a very sad story. Uh, Sven, I have a year to live at best. This is the news that Sven Goran Eriksson is suffering from cancer and it's terminal. 
Mm, no, not, it is very sad, actually. Sven Goran Eriksson, I feel like we should talk about this, especially just to explain who he is to John, actually. <laughs> I, okay, I do actually know who Sven Goran Eriksson is. Okay, that's it's good. Like, I, could, I couldn't tell you the scores. Yeah, but you know that... <clears throat> I, knew, I knew he was an England manager. There you are. That's great. Okay, so Sven um, collapsed after a three-mile run. He is 75 and essentially went in and they said, look, you've had a few little strokes, which is quite usual for someone his age and not necessarily that serious but unfortunately you've got cancer and he only has a year to live it is quite sad it's really really sad but what we can do is take this moment to give him his flowers for the joy he has given the nation and individuals (laughs) in in, in the nation too but I want to lead on one thing because I found something today out something today that I didn't know under his stewardship England only lost five competitive matches did yeah. you know that? That's yeah. mad. Now we've got that out of the way, the women. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about that. Um, <laughs> so he was manager of England over the World Cups of 2002 and 2006. So that's the era we're kind of talking about, right? Yeah. Oh, that's when they got good again, isn't it? Yeah, they, they were that, all, in, it was in, just after Kevin Keegan. Yeah, in spite right. of random players like Darius Vassell <laughs> and, and, and things like that. England did play really well mm. and he... Sven played really well too. Yeah. Okay. Should we talk about Sven playing really well? Because that's the cheerful part. So he had an amazing long-term girlfriend who I hadn't thought about for ages. Nancy Del Olio. She was absolutely brilliant, wasn't she? She was like a pocket rocket, an Italian firecracker of a woman, wasn't she? I think this is peak tabloid time as well. Mm. So it was really enjoyable, if not a bit exploitative, <laughs> these yeah. stories. But this was a time of, yeah, she was glamorous. She was more than a wag. Yeah. She just was always funny. She was... She's a professional woman. She was like a lawyer. And she yeah. had an amazing, properly, properly Italian accent. And she always stuck up for him. He was very calm and quiet and zen, wasn't he? I think this was just a really interesting time to have the England football team in the news. Now it's like, oh, Gareth Southgate wears a waistcoat. It's mm. like, oh. <laughs> yeah. He's a nice guy who thinks we should all be treated equally. <laughs> Come on. So you, you want bring Nancy, back Nancy. Del Olio. Yeah, bring yeah. back Nancy. Because if you don't like football, we need something else to keep us interested in football. And Nan- we need another Nancy. We do I need think. another Nancy. Yeah. And he also famously had dalliances with uh, two other women, didn't he? Ulrika Johnson. Yeah, that yes. was an excellent dalliance. Were yes. they brought together by having Swedish links? Yeah, they were. <laughs> they oh, wow. literally were. Yeah, they, they went the together. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, that's literally <laughs> that, it. Yeah. We were just grasping as to how did this happen? <laughs> uh, they're both Swedish. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's so wild. I'm Swedish too. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and there was a very, um, there was a detail that I remembered, which I'm not sure that people m- may not remember. But the the reason why the tabloids knew they were having an affair was that um, they had thought they might be. And then he left his shoes outside her hotel room and they got a pick. That's what I remember. And that makes me like him more, though, because yeah. you think, why, how is he, like, how is he naming all these women? It's like hygiene. <laughs> <laughs> how, how did they identify them as his shoes? They were stack heels, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> And there was also Farrier Alarm. Do you remember her? I remember her because obviously the secretary. Yeah. You've got, you know, if the, if there wasn't a secretary on this list, I'd say Sven, you failed me. <laughs> you failed me, Sven. But the secretary's there, so good, good on him. He's got. When you these things happen to you, you think you've got a bucket list. His is all ticked. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> he's ticked all the boxes. You know, Lothario a, list. He's, he's he's on the Lothario list. He's ticked them all. He's on the Lothario list. He's had a great career. Yeah. Obviously, we send sympathies, and it's not very nice to be told that you've got a year to live. But he seems to be taking it pretty well. So. Go on, Sven. Okay, we have another football-adjacent story, 
which is Kyle Walker. So Kyle... You gave me such an apologetic look then. <laughs> yeah, I did. Sorry. Okay, but you might like this story. This is another really old school tabloid story. So Kyle Walker was on the front page of The Sun yesterday and we were all a bit like, why is he on the front page of The Sun? It's just he, him and his wife getting divorced. Now we know. He has a wife called Alice who he has three kids with. She has decided she wants to divorce him because she got a message on Boxing Day about another woman. Um, shall we discuss this, Athena? Let's discuss this. So <laughs> Kyle Walker is married mm-hmm. and he has three children with his wife and he had a child with another woman yeah. uh, whilst being married to his wife. Yeah. Um, and obviously this uh, this other woman has gotten pregnant again um, and Kyle Walker is the father again. Mm. And uh, this woman has decided to tell Kyle Walker's wife uh, via Instagram um, on Boxing Day yeah. and lots of um, questions to be asked as to <laughs> as to why but the real answer is because it means she can be on the front page of the sun <laughs> I, yeah. I think I th- she, she's called Lauren Goodman she is an influencer she's got a um, uh, a sister as well who's an influencer um, and she was leaving hints on Instagram so what happened was he he was married. He, the, him and his wife had a break. During that break, um, he had a thing with Lauren Goodman and she got pregnant and had a, a boy called Cairo Walker, who's already got his own Instagram account, I have to say. Um, so the initials were KW. Then she had a daughter in July and she teased the daughter's initials as KW again. So obviously... Walker. Ooh, well, yeah. it could have been anything, you know. Could have been you know. anything, except her surname is Goodman. So anyway, yes, um, uh, the, there is now a divorce uh, from his wife, Alice. They have the same PR, just so we know. <laughs> so Kyle's got a, uh, the same PR as Alice. She's engaged the services of the Wagatha uh, Christie um, lawyer to represent her. So it could be, you know, fireworks to come, I'd say. Yeah, fireworks and the sun is thrilled um, mm. because this will, this will, this is currency f- for the sun. Um, and I mean, there's two ways to look at this. This is just attention seekers just being seeking attention, and this is just family feuds. Or we could just lap it up. Um, <laughs> and I'm in the lap it up school um, because I've missed I've missed this. I mean, recently footballers have been making headlines because the houses have been have been getting robbed, and I've been feeling sorry for footballers, and I don't like it. Um, <laughs> it's the wrong way around. It's the wrong way around. So now this is brilliant. I get to look. I get to be judgmental, um, and I get to slag them off a bit. Um, and I've missed that. So thank you. Kyle for knocking up somebody twice. Um, I appreciate it. I've missed this energy. I've missed it. Haven't you missed this energy? This <laughs> wag, drama, love child energy. It's been missing from the English football team. And that's why we didn't win the World Cup. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS. You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Now, on the front of all the papers, pretty much, is the rather scary story that the UK and the US are about to, but have actually now, 
launch an attack on the Houthi rebels in Yemen. An emergency COBRA meeting of senior ministers was held yesterday morning. And last night, the cabinet ministers had a video call to discuss the crisis. And obviously, they decided that, yes, they were going to join in the US bombing campaign. John, let's have a little chat about this. What is going on? So the Houthis, as everyone no doubt recalls, are Shia Muslims uh, from Yemen who've been fighting a civil war for about 10 years now uh, against the Sunni government. They effectively uh, control the, the, the west of the country, which sits next to the Red Sea, which is an important shipping channel. Basically, if you want to get anything from Europe or North America to, to Asia, you go through the Suez Canal and out through the, the Red Sea. Um, the Houthis are also... Uh, allied with Iran, mm. who are allied with Hamas. So they've been uh, attacking any commercial cargo ships passing through the Suez Canal and the Red Sea that they think has links to Israel and the West. Uh, this is a problem because that's about 40% of Europe's trade with Asia and the Middle East is going through there. The US government uh, and its allies, including uh, the British, have been warning that if this doesn't stop, they will they will retaliate in some way. They've been, they've been going for drones and other things. Uh, the front pages which are now a bit out of date, predicted that the coalition was going to launch uh, attacks on actual physical sites. Um, that largely happened overnight. A statement from, from President Biden this morning saying, today at my direction, US military forces together with the United Kingdom and with support from Australia, Bahrain, Canada and the Netherlands successfully conducted strikes against a number of targets in Yemen used by Houthi rebels to endanger freedom of navigation in one of the world's most vital waterways. Um, the slight concern here is that this is basically sort of an escalation of the situation in Gaza. Yeah, because and, you're bombing, mm. they're bombing another country. Yeah, it is literally, yeah, we, you know, British forces among mm. others are literally bombing a country in the Middle East. Uh, and there might be consequences to this. Uh, there, was a, there was a quote which I found on the Politico morning newsletter this morning from um, a Houthi official quoted on Sky. We have longed to confront America for more than 20 years. This is the holy jihad and this is the decisive historical stage with which God honoured us to humiliate America, Britain and Israel. Mm. And then the Politico reporter adds to that, that doesn't sound wholly ideal. No, it really doesn't sound wholly ideal, does it? I mean, one of the things I do think about that all this is it does seem to be like if you trace it, I mean, obviously everything, everything in the Middle East is very difficult to understand. But if we trace this situation back, it does, you know, obviously Hamas... Uh, invaded Israel and took all the hostages and killed people. And it was really, really terrible. But Israel's reaction, which has been very, very strong, mm. that's what it's all coming down to. I mean, this is why I think the situation is so, so dangerous and, and frankly terrifying. It's like you can pull on any of these threads and it doesn't. You, there's so many righteous historical grievances on, on all sides. What it sort of reminds me of is like, you know, when you're at school and you learn about like the causes of World War One mm. and it's just like, you know, there's so many like grievances going back decades. There's so many alliances. And then one thing kind of sets it off. And that's a bit unnerving. Yes, it's incredibly unnerving. Mm. Um, I just wanted to bring up a point of order, which involves Ed Davey. Mm. Um, so Sorry, Ed who's Ed Davey? <laughs> You may remember him. He's the leader of the Lib Dems that everybody only knows now as somebody who didn't listen to the post office uh, sub postmasters. Anyway, he made the point yesterday that if the UK plans to take military action, really, there should be a vote in Parliament. And there wasn't. So he's, he was saying that what Rishi Sunak should have done is record Parliament for a vote on the, on, on, on the military action. And, and he never did. So the British Constitution being what it is, 
it's not clear if he's right. Mm. Nobody knows. So historically, uh, this has been what's called a royal prerogative, which is powers derived from the crown and uh, reserved essentially to the prime minister. Um, but if there are other reasons why a prime minister probably would want to check, they have parliamentary support for military action, such as not not losing their job. And this obviously came to a head in in the Cameron years, where like David Cameron took the possibility of action in Syria to a vote in the House of Commons and lost. Uh, and that principle was subsequently included in the cabinet manual that you should really consult. So it's actually remarkably difficult to work out whether or not Ed Davey is right here. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's what we're learning and what I've learned over the past few years that so much of what we do in Parliament is conventional. It's convention. You do this because it's a nice thing to do. And, and we've just made an assumption that we'd have good custodians of Parliament that would just do things that are the nice things to do. And now people have realised they have access to levers that they don't have to consult um, Parliament to pull. And, you know, I'm not surprised that people have taken this action in this particular parliament because they're probably actually not that well schooled on conventions yeah. of parliament. Mm. They're more interested in the position than the culture of the place they're working in. But obviously, don't quote me on that. I'm just a comedian. Mm. Um, <laughs> okay. What do I know? Now, The Independent has a story about an exciting new Airbnb offer in London's vibrant Chinatown, which sounds ideal for adventurous tourists wanting to immerse themselves in the thrills of the nation's capital. John, what is this offer? So it's got uh, an average rating of 4.45 stars. <laughs> so that's pretty good. It's only £68 a night. Good. One review says this apartment is very well located and easily accessible. The host is responsive and responds very quickly. Sounds great. And the Airbnb description is, you won't forget your time in this romantic, memorable place. <laughs> Let's book. <laughs> It's a tent. It is a tent oh, no. next to two other tents in the living room of a flat above a Chinese restaurant in Soho. <laughs> um, there is Wi-Fi. Oh, there's Wi-Fi. There's yep. a kitchen and a dedicated workspace. That's a table. Uh, Aircon, useful in December. A washing machine and hairdryer. There's a shared bathroom, presumably shared with um, the people in the other tents. Mm. Also, there have been complaints that um, residents had to use a different bathroom every day and one uh, wasn't clean. <laughs> there were cigarette butts on the floor. Uh, somewhat, one of the reviewers complains that the people in the next tent went back and forth all night without worrying about being discreet. I think they got off lightly there, to be honest. Mm. Um, and they were sat having, uh, also, it sounds like someone was using the workspace to have their dinner. which <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, what it seems to me is also, it's, I mean, you know, it's a room above a Chinese restaurant. Presumably, quite a lot of the workers might want to come up, like, you know, relax. I mean, it's like, you know, there's going to be in and out, you know. <laughs> it's a great location, though. It is an absolutely I, brilliant location. I think it's location. right on Gerard Street, as far as I can tell. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's, right in the middle. Yeah. That's, that's really handy. It really annoys me that the landlord kind of holiday letting situation has gotten so bad. It's now a genre of journalism mm. that someone has paid to comb through the listings of... Airbnb and right mm. move and then they're like oh look at this ridiculous ad and it's like it's now news it's like they're nice. just creating work and it's so depressing but what I would say is that what my kids love the idea of having a fort in their living room and they're begging 68 pounds yeah. a night <laughs> so now I'm like yeah you can pay up love yeah. we can pitch the tent it's going to cost you 70 quid yeah. Yeah, but so. you're, you're, your spawn was saying that this is a whole genre of journalism while looking uh, while researching this I found there was a very similar story from 2022 mm. Um, which is a report of the opportunity for glamping in a garden in Brighton. Uh, £65 plus service fee. It's just camping. It's glamping. Also, like, there's pictures. It's not not glamping. (laughs) 
There was a picture of a blow-up swimming pool next to it. It cost more than a night in a nearby four-star B&B. Also, there's a brilliant quote from the story. There is also the option of a fire pit soiree with traditional Asian dances. At that time of year, the average temperature in the seaside city can plunge to as low as three degrees centigrade. It's mad. It's so mad. I have to say that there's an element of it. So obviously, you know, I am slightly ancient and I went, I used to go on holiday before mobile phones. Who'd have thought? Before the internet. And we would arrive in a city. What was it like in the olden days? (laughs) It was was great. (laughs) But we would arrive in a city like Venice and we'd be like, you know, because we were disorganised, we hadn't booked anything. And so we would go to the tourist office and they'd say, are you mad? This is Venice. There's nowhere to stay and they would offer you a a mattress in a room and I remember we we took the, the mattress Can I just, it was are you sure we didn't just get arrested and <laughs> <laughs> and you were like they offered it me the cell like and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you so you'd pay whatever it was it was cheap but it was just a mattress and then you'd try and sneak as many people as you could just onto the one mattress although they would always suss you and you'd have to pay or you'd literally sleep in a doorway I have done that also I'm actually quite torn on this story because when we were when we were planning the show like this was going to be the moment I did my sort of rant about like this is this is what's going to bloody happen if you don't build enough houses every square inch of this fucking city gets so insanely expensive you can charge 14,000 uh, 1400 pounds a month for a fucking dent um, but looking at it and you're not wrong. Like this is this is not accommodation for like the business traveller, is no, it? It really this isn't. Is, this is for the backpacker who who wants to be able to go out in Soho, get hammered, roll in at three a.m. Don't care where they sleep or who. It's it's like an equivalent of a hostel. Yeah. Um, it's, look, it's not because a hostel costs twenty quid a night. Yeah. Okay. It's, not it's anymore. It does not. Show Showing my age. Showing my yeah. age. <laughs> you should have a show my age like sting for when someone like someone says to me, a hostel costs ten p a night. Um, <laughs> But it's it's not sixty eight quid. No, you know it's not. And, and then for sixty eight quid, you probably could get a hostel. I mean, to be you honest, know, you could just buy a tent, and that's three yeah, tents. But you so can't he... pitch it on Gerrard Street, though, that's can you? True. No, you definitely can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we we spotted another story for you, John. That's a big day for me. <laughs> Which is um, a heartwarming little piece in the Guardian, and it's about the Docklands light railway trains in London. Um, I know you've researched this. I have. <laughs> yeah. What is happening? So this is actually the second mention on today's show of the Liberal Democrats. Way. Uh, the Lib Dem Assembly member, Caroline Pigeon, uh, asked a, a question at Mayor's Question Time recently saying, um, you know how you can sit up front on the DLR? Why, and like people like to do this because it's fun to pretend you're driving the train. Why don't we put a little fake steering wheel in there <laughs> so that to make it even more fun? And London Mayor Sadiq Khan thought about this and went away and thought, yeah, that's a great idea. So they are adding a fake steering wheel and uh, control panel stickers uh, to the front of DLR trains so that kids, definitely just kids, definitely can <laughs> pretend to drive the DLR. Yeah. I think this is brilliant. It's great. They're doing it, it's a trial. Yeah, Athena, Athena, you're very excited. I Listen, can tell. man, um, Sadiq Khan should be made the permanent mayor of London. <laughs> do you know what? I miss joy. The we don't do joy in politics anymore. You yeah. know, and I, I think it's, it's okay for politicians to see themselves as arbiters of joy. Like, make us happy. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Just don't just fill in potholes. Put bloody steering wheels on trains. Yeah, so people driving them and do it now. It's, exactly. it's important to remember there is a mayoral election in London this year. Sadiq Khan Don't bother, has, he's won it. He's not successfully <laughs> solved the capitalist housing crisis, <laughs> but he has put fake steering wheels in the DLR. And on that basis alone, I think paper cut should endorse him. Yeah. We do endorse him. We definitely endorse that. <laughs> Ye- years ago, I was sat up front of the DLR with my 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 ex-wife, or then current wife at the time. And, and, and the, the conductor had to make us move. 
And and my ex-wife was so sad. He said, but if you want, you can do the announcement when we're pulling into bank. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. That's yeah. amazing. So somewhere on Twitter, there is a video of my ex doing the announcement and like looking so happy. <laughs> that is great. See? Yeah, amazing. Joy. Joy. <laughs> Joy. I'm David Baddiel. I'm a writer and a comedian and a Jew. I'm Saeed Avasi. I'm a businesswoman and a politician and a Muslim. Jews and Muslims always seem to be in the news or on the news. Lots of people talk about us and this is us talking about ourselves. The kind of things that people say don't touch, yeah. we are going to go there. I mean, I think Jews and Muslims are talking about these things, but I think they're not talking about them together because they're worried that if they do, sparks might fly. A Muslim and a Jew go there. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. You all know how much we love a great headline here at Paper Cuts, and we like to show our love in a very particular way by picking out a bad one and offering it to you, the listeners, for some swift and savage surgery. We need you to slice to the heart of the story, remove all sloppy sentences and put in a shiny new improved version. Yes, it's time to fix the headline. This week, we found a story on page 18 of the Daily Star. Mermaids are real! Hooray! Or at least one in three of us believe so anyway. The headline, Monster Bunch, which just doesn't even make sense. I'm just like, we're moving on. We know you can do Sorry, better. one in three people think mermaids are real. Yeah, that's all right. Okay. <laughs> Let's just leave that. Yeah, we're leaving that. Okay. We know that you, the listeners, can do better. So why not send in your ideas with the hashtag #FixTheHeadline to at Papercut Show on Threads or Twitter. We'll read out the best ones on Monday, and the very bestest will win a Papercuts T-shirt, which will be nice and cozy in bed as long as you team it with some fluffy socks. Now, what about today? Are there any good headlines out there, John? What have you got in the star? Oh, oh. Um, well, in answer to your question, are there any good headlines out there? I'm going to go with no. <laughs> it's, actually a, it's a pretty weak haul. I was, I was so excited when I went from the star, but no. Uh, so firstly, on page two, there's a lovely picture of Donald Trump uh, in court looking. Well, he looks like Donald Trump in court. Um, he's, he's doing that face he does, you know. Like, um, that's great radio. Anyway, the headline is Donald Doc. I think that's fine. That's yeah, good. Like, it, does, like, it, it does. It does. Like, it's a bit. Tick. It's just not the standard we, we've come to expect from the star. Mm. Okay, uh, and what have you got on page 21 of the star? Uh, this, is actually a, this is actually a much more fun story about how um, uh, Peter Crouch, the um, unusually tall footballer who used to do the robot dance, see, I do know some things, <laughs> has said that he was the massive alien spotted on a hill by some hikers. Amazing. <laughs> Uh, they took a picture of like this. I mean, it does look like a weird alien creature in the distance. And it, it was it Peter Crouch. It was Peter Crouch. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, the headline is <laughs> P-E-T uh, Crouch. Oh, uh, as in e yeah, easy. Yeah, you see what they've done there. Yeah. That's a great story, though, man. This, That's so good. But, like, <laughs> it's a man, but he's tall, so it must be an alien. I think they said, oh, I think they went outside to say the same people. Go, Do you believe mermaids, too? <laughs> yeah, <it's laughs> Just to There's an overlap. Story. Yeah. Okay, Athena, you have the sun. I've got, I've got the sun. The sun have, have um, obviously, um, this is a, it's it's a Friday morning job uh, on the headlines today. Um, so the first story, the real hotel used in Faulty Towers was a den of sex gambling and gangsters. Headline, Ooh. don't mention the law. 
Don't mention the law instead of don't mention the yeah, war. law Okay, war. we get it. Very I'm good. quite interested in it being um, a kind of den of iniquity, though. That's quite good. Yeah, um, but, you know, it was the 70s, so weren't they all? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> from, from what I've read, I've read my history books of the UK. Um, this is uh, the story about Kyle Walker and Annie Walker, his yeah. uh, soon-to-be ex-wife. The headline is, Take Him to the Colinas. Be- oh. Because she's got the same lawyer as Colleen Rooney. Yeah. Um, I, I who just is still assumed married. it was like Colleen was becoming a generic word, like Hoover. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a, 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 fo- a football she's a, based she's sex a proper scandal. Noun yeah. Now, yeah. <laughs> That's everyone's aim, isn't it? To become a proper noun. Now, why not come over here to the beanbags and frothy hot chocolate of the features section of the papers, where everything always seems relaxing until you realise that you're being judged for wearing the wrong shoes. In The Guardian, there is a piece by Canadian journalist Jessica Johnson entitled, Nothing I've Ever Bought on Instagram Has Brought Me Joy. (laughs) Surprise! Athena, what is going on here? Um, Okay, so Jessica Johnson has decided to talk about all the things she's been offered on Instagram via sales ads. And she's decided to talk about how awful it all is uh, in an effort to explain that the things that are sold to you on Instagram are generally not very good um, and a bit of a con. Um, So um, thank goodness she's written this, otherwise we'd never have known. (laughs) She's gone through a few items that she's bought. She's bought um, clean foundation. Just to be clear, foundation is a coloured liquid that you put on your face (laughs) to, to make your face look smoother or younger. Emphasis on the word coloured because it's got to match the colour of your skin. She said apparently it wasn't clean. It spilled everywhere because mm. it's a liquid and it's a coloured liquid <laughs> and it's impossible to make that clean. What else are you going to buy? Clean paint. <laughs> clean paint. <laughs> Clean mud. Um, you're an idiot. Um, she bought a one-piece bathing suit, which is uh, a middle-aged answer to hot girl summer. Um, and she checked the measurements and the fabric was so taut, the bra shelf only drew up to around her waist. So basically she so, bought a pair of pants. Yeah, she? she bought a pair of pants. Um, and so she'd obviously just bought, or she just bought the wrong size. Um, which, she said yeah. she checked her measurements. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, it, just the idea that you can buy something to give you a hot girl summer mm. is like, do you know what hot girl summer is? Mm. <laughs> it's not, it doesn't come in a box. Well, mate, I'll tell you that for nothing. Um, uh, and what else? She bought organic um, cotton panties. Uh, the word said, panties is just yeah, should be banned. It's, yeah, and that's a red flag, uh, if anything. Mm. Uh, put your panties She's on. <laughs> I know, but still. Still. Um, and it, they were very high at the back and low at the front. Um, which I could, I, which not good. I I don't even know what to say about that. Really, <laughs> the yeah. worst one is the one where she got, she decides. I can't understand this at all. She decides she's going to buy two pairs of like some underwear, right? But they're wool, right? <laughs> Supposedly smart wool, but that's still wool. So she puts these on, right? And then after a while, she gets a rash. Mm, wonder why. So she goes to the doctor. She has to upload a picture of the rash first. Can you imagine the worst? And the doctor says, yeah, it's contact dermatitis. Never wear those pants again. And she has to have very strong steroid cream to get it, make, make it go away. I want to <laughs> talk about why she's getting targeted so many ads pants. for pants. I because I thought there's certain things you don't buy online. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of those things is most definitely pants because mm. that's they're against your intimate body parts and they're pants. You just go and buy a 10-pack from somewhere. Like, yeah, just what? go to Marks and Spencer's. <laughs> I, just, I just can't imagine looking through Instagram and seeing an ad for pants going, oh my God, <laughs> it's my lucky day. But it's also weird because what's, you know, it's a fine piece. The piece is fine. I think it's well written. It's okay, but... It's January. 
Yeah, you're filling the pages. You're filling the pages. But there's also an assumption within this piece, which is that we all get fed the same thing on Instagram. And I can tell you, we just don't. I have never been offered woolen pants in my life. Oh, this reminds (laughs) me of the time that a a right-wing blog, I'm not going to name for reasons that will become clear, ran a story about how on the Guardian's homepage there were a lot of ads for donkey porn. Mm, Well, exactly. And everybody explained to this right-wing blogger um, (laughs) (laughs) how algorithms worked. And the story was immediately deleted. Oh, <laughs> amazing. It's so amazing. amazing. I mean, you have to, like, it sounds, you know, obviously it's kind of boring to do this, but if you almost curate your algorithm, you'll be all right. So at the moment, I'm getting quite a lot of quite sweet adverts because I did some shopping for kids over the Christmas. So I'm getting loads of kind of Playmobil adverts. It's really nice. That's nice. And kids still play with Playmobil, which yeah, is nice. It's, uh, it's not It's not all um, Mega Blocks or whatever they play online. Yeah, Minesweeper yeah. or whatever they play. My, Minecraft, not Minesweeper. Could you yeah. imagine yeah. <laughs> giving your kids Minesweeper yeah, instead of Minecraft? Been, they'll yeah. kill my, you. Um, my, my ads are almost entirely dog-based. Exactly. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. yeah. You, can, you can make it, you know, you can can kind of curate yourself if you say i don't want this app you can just click although, on it i don't want it i don't want it although here's a creepy thing mm. i uh i went on a date the other day and i'm now being followed around the internet by the dress she was wearing Whoa, wow how does your phone know weird. i mean like she had said i'm gonna wear this dress Wow. It's like so it had been in my WhatsApp, but nonetheless, that's weird, right? That is that's really that's weird. really weird. I am my my Instagram knows that my son won't let me brush his teeth because I keep being sold all these devices <laughs> for helping you to brush toddler, and they look like torture devices. They literally like fill it with toothpaste and you stick it in their mouth and you're like, and then get arrested. Like, <laughs> is it a trap? Is this a social services trap? It has to be a trap. Yeah. because um, I don't buy anything, so it's definitely listening to me. What's listening to the screams of a child? Go and get oh. away from me. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, exactly. So our advice to uh, to Jessica Johnson is honestly, stop talking about pants. That's the end of today's Paper Cuts. Thanks to John. Thank you. And thanks to Athena. Thank you. And if you're bored of listening to dull mindfulness podcasts, then why not join the Paper Cuts Supporters Club? Just £3 a month gets you ad-free episodes and extended editions, plus the chance to loftily ignore your fitness app as you swank about looking and drinking fantastic with your gorgeous Papercuts t-shirt and mug. Hooray to that. I've been Miranda Sawyer, and you've been listening to Papercuts on a day when the Metro reveals that the owner of a horse in Guernsey called Custard, not the owner, the horse, (laughs) has had to put up a notice saying that Custard is not in fact dead. He's just... (laughs) lazy and keeps having a nice lie down in the middle of the day go custard you are our spirit animal see you on monday paper cuts was written and presented by miranda sawyer with john elledge and athena kigblaine the producers were liam tate and adam wright an audio production was from me robin lieber our music's by simon williams socials by jess harper and kieran leslie designed by jim parrott and original art by modern toss Group editor is Andrew Harrison, managing editor Jacob Jarvis, and the executive producer is Martin Boytosh. Paper Cuts is a Podmasters production. <laughs>